Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, last week we had some major news hit the world of finance and the new craze of cryptocurrency and how that all has been progressing. One of the most prominent and politically connected trading platforms for crypto, FTX, went bankrupt last week, causing tens of billions of dollars in value to disappear almost overnight. That's causing a a large amount of pressure, as you might expect, uh, put on Congress to put regulations and controls into the crypto space. So what could those regulations look like? What's the right amount? Where are we really? And uh, is there a path forward uh, in all of this? Really pleased to have joining us once again on the program, James Chernowski, Senior Policy Analyst in Technology and Innovation at Americans for Prosperity. And uh, James, obviously this was a uh, this was a big collapse uh, when it comes to FTX. Uh, kind of break that down for us a little bit. What, what actually happened? Yeah, it's a great question, Boyd, and I think that we're we're still trying to figure that out. Uh, the the fall was quite sudden on FTX, but basically, um, the the international side, because you had to have FTX covering the rest of the world, and then uh, a separate entity called FTX.us for dealing with U.S. customers. But the international arm experienced more or less what we would say is a run, where a lot of people were going and making withdrawals and trying to cash out their crypto. Um, and it caused a lot of liquidity problems for the overarching uh, institution itself. And as a result of that, uh, SBF, Sam Berkman, um, over there, was trying to uh, basically find a solution. So then he thought he was going to have an arrangement to get acquired by Binance, and then that ultimately fell through. And then shortly thereafter, the coin that supported a lot of the transactions on the U.S. arm got completely uh, bottomed out on him, and then FTX U.S. went under causing this massive panic where ultimately now where we're at where we're at, where the company itself is filing for bankruptcy. A lot of people are out billions of dollars, not just here in the United States, but across the globe, too. So it's pretty alarming to see the sudden fall of what was such a prominent trading platform for crypto. Yeah, and, and looking at that, it seems to me that uh, one of the challenges were some of the things happening on in the inside where some of that those crypto dollars were going to another company controlled uh, by the same group and then being used for some, you know, risky or, or high leverage uh, opportunities there. Uh, and so when when you look at that kind of stuff, that's where people, I think, get a little frustrated of, you know, should there be some kind of oversight? And this is where I, I know you and I always have uh, uh, 
a, a little heartburn of, okay, let's, if we're going to regulate, let's make sure it's like the smallest possible. <laughs> let's not do the sweeping thing that, that wipes everything out. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that the underlying problem here is that, like, we're treating what happened with FTX like it is some kind of novel thing, when the reality is, is that I think that ultimately um, what happened here is that it seems like there might have been already existing U.S. laws on the books that were broken um, by this individual's company, and that because of that, um, you know, I think that they're, it, the part of the problem is just that it's hard to enforce that. Um, when he's, you know, uh, kind of already out of the country and uh, his company's in bankruptcy and he's no longer the CEO. And so there were already existing laws on the books that I think cover a lot of the activity that was ultimately, it seemed to be done here, whether it was deception and fraud and uh, other kinds of things. I think that there was already existing rules there. So it's not like we need to treat crypto differently, per se. I think that ultimately the issue that needs to be solved moving forward is we have to do a better job of uh, just engaging in educational uh, efforts, both to regulators, mm. to Americans more broadly speaking, and apparently to the venture capital uh, side of the equation, yeah. too, because there were a lot of people that invested into FTX and not an insignificant amount. There was one company that had to go and publicly admit that over half of their crypto holdings were facilitated through FTX. Mm. And to me, that's just unacceptable considering how many different platforms there are out there for dealing with crypto. Um, to go and have such a heavily consolidated amount of assets running through one possible platform just seems a little alarming to me. So I think that there's just a lot of education that needs to happen. And that's always been the consistent theme in our conversations on this topic that needs to continue to be looking forward. It's like, how do we educate the government, um, its, its employees that are responsible for dealing with this, and then the public at large about what exactly it is, is not, and what we can reasonably expect here. Yeah, that, that's so. That's such great insight, uh, James. And and uh, I, there was actually a statement by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, uh, who I often disagree with on a lot of things, but she she called for very careful uh, regulation of crypto uh, to make sure it wasn't just this sweeping overreach uh, that takes us to the other end uh, of the spectrum. Uh, and I know there are some things out there where both uh, Republicans and Democrats uh, do have some common ground in terms of crypto. Is there is there a basis there? Uh, for something to be done? Is it likely we'll see anything during the, the lame duck session? Uh, or is this just one more thing that gets pun- punted to the new Congress and then uh, everyone may go back to their corners and start over? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And my anticipation is that nothing, I'm not expecting anything significant to be done during lame duck. Um, but that being said, next Congress, I'm sure that I'll look at it with a closer eye. And part of the reason why I don't think we'll see anything done in the lame duck is that All this is so new, and the details are seemingly developing every single day. Like, I mean, this story is one of the wildest stories I think I've seen in this kind of a front since the old Bernie Madoff problems back in the day, um, where that that was devastating to so many investors, too. So I think that we're, you know, I think, and this is a good thing. I think that we want to go and find out the details of what happened and why, and then go and try to craft that tailor and narrowly defined solution as a result of that. I think the most common thing that I know that we've talked about on your show before um, still remains to be the case, which is that I, I would expect that something will be done on um, looking at stable coins perhaps mm-hmm. um, in the next year. But um, it's still very much ebb and flow depending on what exactly transpires as we learn more about the fall of FTX and, and why that happened. Yeah, so important. Uh, James, we always appreciate your perspective. Great insight on this. And it, I think you're spot on. Education is going to be the key for consumers, for the general public. It's going to be crucial for lawmakers 
and for anyone dealing with the regulatory pieces of that in the executive branch, uh, there's a lot of education that has to be done. Really appreciate you breaking that all down for us today. James Chernowski is Senior Policy Analyst in Technology and Innovation at Americas for Prosperity. Thanks for joining us, James. Thanks for having me, Boyd. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. A crucial conversation coming up. Angela Rashidi is going to join us from AEI. We're going to talk about the project of American renewal. This is policy at its best. Stick around. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.